0: Evil looking men, ragged and unkempt, picked up the crate. Buck stormed and raged at them through the bars. They only laughed and poked sticks, which Buck promptly assailed with his teeth. Thus began Buck's passage through many hands. Eventually, a truck carried him onto a ferry steamer. From the steamer, he was taken to a great railway depot and traveled for two days and nights in an express car. During these two days, Buck neither ate nor drank. He did not mind the hunger so much. But the lack of water caused him severe suffering and fanned his wrath to fever pitch. The ill-treatment flung him into a fever which was fed by the inflammation of his parched and swollen throat and tongue. Buck's eyes turned bloodshot, and he was metamorphosed into a raging fiend. The express managers breathed with relief when they bundled him off the train to Seattle and onto to a wagon. Four men gingerly carried the crate from the wagon to a small high-walled backyard. A stout man in a red sweater came out and signed the wagon driver's receipt book. When the man began to pry open the crate, the four men scattered, and from safe perches on the wall they prepared to watch the performance. "'Now, you red-eyed devil,' the man said as he made an opening sufficient for the passage of Buck's body. Straight for the man Buck launched his one hundred and forty pounds of fury, surcharged with a pent passion of two days and nights. In mid-air he was struck with a club and fetched to the ground. With a snarl that was part bark and more scream, he was again on his feet and launched into the air. Again he was brought crushingly to the ground with a club. A dozen times he charged, and as often the club broke the charge and smashed him down. Buck's beautiful coat became sprayed and flecked with bloody slaver. The man advanced and deliberately dealt Buck a frightful blow on the nose. All the pain he had endured was as nothing compared with the agony of this. With a roar of agony, that was almost lion-like. Buck again hurled himself at his tormentor. The man coolly caught him by the underjaw, and at the same time wrenched downward and backward. Buck described a complete circle in the air, then crashed senseless to the ground. Buck's senses came back to him, but not his strength. He lay where he had fallen, and watched the man in a red sweater. Answers to the name of Buck, the man soliloquized quoting from the saloon-keeper's letter, "'Well, Buck, my boy, we've had our little raucous. You've learned your place, and I know mine. Be a good dog, and all will go well. Be a bad dog, and I'll whale the stuffing out of you. Understand?' As he spoke, he fearlessly patted the head he had so mercilessly pounded. Buck's hair involuntarily bristled at the man's touch. Buck knew he was beaten, but he was not broken he had learned that he stood no chance against the man with a club. A man with a club was a lawgiver, a master to be obeyed, though not necessarily conciliated. Of this last, Buck was never guilty. A few days later, a little weazened man, who spat broken English and many strange and uncouth exclamations which Buck could not understand, showed up and said, "'Dot one damn bully dog, eh? How much?' Three hundred And a present at that was a prompt reply of the man in the red sweater. Perot knew dogs, and when he looked at Buck, he knew he was one in a thousand. Buck saw money pass and was not surprised when Curly, a good natured Newfoundland, and he were led away by the little weazened man. From the deck of a ship, Buck and Curly saw Seattle recede in the distance. A French Canadian named Francois took Buck and Curly below, and joined them with two other dogs, one a snow white fellow from Spitzbergen, and the other called dave a gloomy morose kind of canine day and night the ship throbbed to the tireless pulse of the propeller at last one morning the propeller was quiet buck was leashed together with the other three dogs and taken on deck his feet sank into a white mushy substance like mud buck sprang back with a snort more of this white stuff was falling through the air he shook himself but more of it fell upon him he sniffed it curiously then licked some up on his tongue. It bit like fire, and in the next instance was gone. This puzzled him. He tried again with the same results. Onlookers laughed uproariously, and Buck felt ashamed. Buck's first day on the Daiya beach was like a nightmare. All was confusion and action, and every moment of life and limb were in peril. For the dogs and men in this place were not town dogs and men. They were savages, all of them who knew no law but the law of club and fang.